Welcome to the Strap It Down Podcast. This is Suds. I'm here with my guys. I'm with the Schwabi. I'm with Mush. I'm with JT. This is part two of Report Card Day. Hopefully you were able to join us for part one where we evaluated uh, key pitchers for the year. For this episode, we're going to jump right in. We're going to we're gonna evaluate and grade. We're going to give a grade to each position player with significant playing time for the 2022 White Sox. All right, let's jump right in. Schwabi, I'm starting with you to kick things off. First up, we've got Adam Engel. Nikki, let me hear your thoughts on Adam. <laughs> All right, so this is we're going to get in some bad grades now. Adam, D-. minus. Look at his numbers. He was arguably the worst hitter on the team this year, and, and there's a lot of arguments to be had for other players. He You're is, wrong. He's going to be non-tendered. He's going to be non-tendered this offseason, which is a, a shame because he brings so much value defensively. He brings so much value on the bases, and he was that bad with the bat in his hands. So D-minus for Engel. All right, next up we got Sebi. Jack Tui, let me hear your thoughts on Sebi. Look, I mean, given <clears throat> given Grindal's deficiencies this year, I think Sebi did a fine job. I'll give him a B. I don't know what you want to expect from the guy that's the third or fourth catcher in your organization to start the year. I mean, what more do they, what more do you want? Right. Great point. I, I'll, I'll give him a B. Yeah. Sebi's a dog too, man. You, you watch him. He's getting in the other guy's face. He, he wants to win. I love the guy's mentality. He's got a little AJ Pierzynski in him. So I love Sebi. Hey, real quick. We'll go around the horn real quick. Do we see him ever as a starter or is he always going to be a, a backup catcher to What you think? Always a backup. Dave? Yeah, that's gross. How old is he? Wait, how old is he? He's, he's like 26. Yeah, he's always no, going to be back. I think he's older than that. He's 28 I, years old. I could see Sebi as like a um, a platoon. I could see him as like an 80-game guy. Uh, if you're starting Sebi for a shitty games, team, I think, you're, I think you're in trouble. Maybe maybe sixty with a guy with a you know with a, a better hitting catcher. Well, I mean it's that's how it should be. Yeah, yeah, Max, right, right for sure. All right, next up, we got the worst hitter on the White Sox and the worst hitter in baseball. Nikki, we'll let you talk to me a little bit about my guy and yours, Lurie Garcia. Uh, um, I'm gonna pass it back to you, Schwab. F, pass it back to you. Uh, it's clearly an F. Uh, it's also an F because Tony absolutely loves the damn guy. Uh, my feelings for Lurie are as strong as my are stronger than my feelings for Jose Ruiz, <laughs> and we all know how I feel about Jose Ruiz. Lurie is a deficient uh, defender in most positions. He is poor on the base paths. He loves sliding head first and first, and he's an absolutely <laughs> god awful hitter. Um, there is nothing Lurie does at an average level. I would like to see Lurie blasted off into the sun. He could he could play multiple he could play multiple positions. He is a good guy. He plays multiple positions. But that's about where it ends with Lurie. 
<laughs> I was looking at our, our tweets. One of the tweets from our account. <laughs> Tony actually pinch hit. This was like one of the most important games of the year. First and second. Two outs. We're down one run in the bottom of the ninth. And Tony Larusa pinch hit Leary Garcia. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. That's insane. How many how many insane. games did he start out of the number of games that Cairo managed? It was like very minimal. Cairo did four, not play. It was him. like one percent. He started like two Cairo games. Cairo did not play him. Well, that's why we went on that hot streak for that whatever. I think how I, many games. I think I sent to lags. I forget if it was either Tony's like last managerial decision. Or if it was just like his last out, but Lurie, Lurie's Tony, Tony went out with Lurie in in the lineup or pinch hitting or something. <laughs> no, we talked. No, we talked Lurie about in. that. He pinch hit him in like his one of his last games. Yeah, it, it was his last his last game. I'm pretty sure he pinched hit him. So that that at bat I was talking about, he struck out. Just so we're clear. So okay, we <laughs> shocking. <laughs> All right, next up we got Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison. Most you're going to be our single grader on Josh Harrison. Uh, I don't think we expected much out of Josh. He was a nice filler. Uh, I think we got excited about him. He's got a good, uh, good attitude. Team player brings a little lightning to the to the lineup. Um, I'm going to go with the C. He just he's just there. He's a filler. No, I, I think I think it's fair with Josh. Uh, next up, we have Gavin Sheets. We'll swing it back to you, Mush. Thoughts on Gavin Sheets? Well, he's going to be the future of the Chicago White Sox. And I'm saying that with a straight face. Oh, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> Are you fucking being serious right now? Yeah, I, I think that Gavin is going to be... Um, he's going to be the anchor of our squad for the next five to six, seven years. So I was planning on... Are we going to win uh, 60 I, games next year? Playing first base. Dave, what do we got for a grade for Gavin? Uh, C. <laughs> I was planning on letting Lags, Lags have the second word, but uh, Tui <laughs> really, clearly feels a certain way about Gavin Sheets. So, Tui, you get to no, be our I, second all and last I said grader is, on Gavin. When Mush said the anchor, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, we're going to fuck up this, so, this organization so bad. He may not even be on the team next year. Gavin... The reason Mush loves Gavin is Mush and I did one live episode during a Sox game on a Sunday, <laughs> Sunday fun day, and Mush called the homer, and Gavin literally went yard the next at bat. So Mush, Mush is a Gavin guy. I did say that he was going to lead the team in, in home runs the second half of the year, and that was that was off, very far off. What grade did you give him? C. A C. But high ceiling. I, I think big, he. Big I think he gets potential. a B. I mean, he finally started to hit for power consistently. But I mean, he's not—he's not a guy that he was there because we didn't have anyone that could play this year. Let's be real here. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> next up, we got AJ Pollock. We'll let legs. We'll let you kick it off, AJ Pollock. Oh, AJ Pollock. I'm gonna give him a D plus, and I'm harsh on AJ. The guy very disappointing this year, and then the guy got the at bats. To up his contract next year. I think he got an extra two mil or whatever it was based on his plate appearances. So now he's probably going to accept that deal. The player option, which I think is another 13 million. I mean, talk about handcuffing yourself. 
Greg Hahn turned one bad deal into two bad deals. Yes. The guy, how many times have I said this on, on this podcast? I'm an accountant. Greg Hahn does not understand what a sunk cost is. The guy, he makes one bad deal. He can't leave it alone. If you just, if you turn down, you non-tender Craig Kimbrell, you could sign Carlos Rodon. Greg Khan does not understand what a sunk cost is. That leads us to two bad years of AJ Pollock. Take him to jail. He handcuffs himself every time. D plus AJ Pollock. Hold on, you're an accountant? <laughs> Tui. Sunk cost. Tui. We got we got lags giving him a D plus. Tui, you're gonna be our second and final grader on AJ Pollock. I mean, I'll give him a C minus. The dude, like uh, I I disagree with you a little bit, Nikki. The Kimbrel deal at the time, in theory, wasn't a bad deal. I mean, we needed an outfielder. That's true. And we needed an outfielder that hit right-handed pitching somewhat well. Historically, he's done that. This year, he did not at all. Like, he was terrible against right-handed pitching. He was, I think historically, he was generally... The splits didn't really make a difference. This year, I think the splits were were pretty big. Um, I'll give him a C minus just because he should have been the four. He should have been a platoon outfielder or the fourth outfielder. He was one of our top two. So, I mean, I'll give him a C minus. Yeah, I, I, that's. I will say, JT, you're right. I think at the time of the deal, I was happy about the Kimberl for Pollock, but that's because Rick picked up the option. He should have never picked up the option, uh, and, and that's on him for not recognizing that. And I also thought I was happy for trading Madrigal for Kimbrel. I will I will be on a record saying I was happy for both of those. Hundred percent, I would do that deal. But you have to recognize when you make a bad deal, and he picked up the option. That was that's like it was fifteen mil, I think it was. That was huge, and that that handcuffed him. He does it all the time. That's Rick Hahn special. Blame whoever you want, Kenny Williams or Jerry. I think it's Rick Hahn. He he gets too much the benefit of the doubt, and it drives me nuts. No, so not very good grades for AJ Pollock. Uh, our next up, as far as hitters go, we have Yasmani Grandal. Dave, we'll let you kick this one off. Um, I love the catcher position. You know that uh, Yaz is is one of the best hitting catchers in the league. I just think he's over the hill. Um, you know, it's like a couple of guys we have in our lineup. They're just their their ship has come and gone. Um, I'm going to have to give Yaz a, a C. Just a disappointing. C? All right, Nikki. That's it? That much? All right, I was going to go, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, go with JT. Tui, we'll let you go second on Yasmani. Dave oh, gave him a C. I, I what mean, you got, Jake? All right, Can't so the guy was a, a fucking F minus. <laughs> he is the slowest guy in Major League Baseball, and he decided to become a slap hitter this year. I mean, dude, watching you knew that when he stepped up to the ba- up to the plate, it was going to be a foul out, a strikeout. 
check swing or a ground or a ground into double play. Right. He didn't even How walk did this year. He didn't even How did you walk. give him a C, dude? Are you what are you smoking because over there? Our whole batting order is fucking disgusting. And I just want to give everyone a C and just start over. Get off the team. Get off the then team. give everyone an F. Yeah, but they're going to average out. Yasmani Grandal. Yasmani Grandal should should do everyone on earth a favor and retire and ride off into the sunset. Get the fuck out of Major right. League I know baseball. I know how two is going to answer this next question, but this is going to be another one of those. I'm giving you a question. It's a one-word answer. Is Yasmani go- done, or can Yas- is Yasmani done as a player, or does he rebound at least somewhat next year? Done. Tui, yes or no? He is done. Mush? He's coming back for one more year at the White Sox. Yeah, but, but is he, but is he playing at, at a good level, or is he... <laughs> Is what he did this year what he's doing next year? He's going to be a C. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Ken. Mush gives me no answer. Legs. Is, is he done I, or is he rebound? So, I F minus, I agree with JT for sure. I, but I, agree. Dis- I, said, I disagree. Does he rebound or no? Yes, he does. He was hurt this year. He was hurt for sure. He's you been hurt the be last that. three years. Dude, this is the most significant. This is Adam Dunn-esque. This is the most worst, most significant drop-off in production. Well, we might get there with our next guy. Yo, most significant drop-off in production ever one year to the next. I think he was hurt. I think he bounces back next year. Yeah, I, I agree with Legs. I think he bounces back. I'm not sure he's ever who he was his be- who he was at the beginning of his White Sox deal, but I do think he has a significant bounce back year next season. All right, next up we have Yo. Legs, start us off with Yo. Yo, I'll give him a D-. And the only reason I get him, didn't give him an F is because of his music video. So... <laughs> <laughs> you mean D-minus his walk-up song? Yo. I mean, you know him, that's his walk-up song, and, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> there's this one meme that I was using during the Astro series. If you guys remember, you got the back-to-back hits. And it was the one where the guy's getting robbed. And it was <laughs> disaster personnel. I forgot who made it. Somebody made it on Twitter. It was, the fu- it was absolute classic. <laughs> then it was Mankata coming back with the gun saying, no, it's a disaster personnel for you. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's the absolute best. D minus. The guy absolutely stunk. He stunk this year. Him and Yaz, those two guys, if they have normal production, we make like, the playoffs. Absolutely. I, I honestly right. think the season's on those two guys' backs. D minus for Yo. Two. Oh, real quick, sorry. One last thing about Yoan. Can you show some heart for the love of God? The guy, he honestly is more concerned about making. Music videos. Oh God! Here it comes. No, I. He's, and he going is, where? And going I've where? Heard, I've heard. I've he heard he's a big frequenter of Tao. Thank you. He's at Tao. He's at Tao going to the club. I'm serious. The guy has no interest in winning. It's it's very clear. Why do you think Jose wants out of town? All right, all right. Lags gives him a D minus. Tui, you give us our second and final grade on yo. I'll give him a. I'll give him a D. He'd be an F minus as well. He gets one and a half upgrade, one point five upgrade for just the fact that he can play defense fairly well. And he and fairly well on the white. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, he 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 plays. He has a great glove at third. Like he does. Does he make some very lackadaisical mistakes and? Usually on he's Sunday He's just one of the most frustrating players after. I've oh, ever watched because he's got so much talent, both on the offensive side and on the defensive side. And it's like, 
dude, put it together. All right, our last two guys who only have two grades. Uh, we first we're gonna start off with TA, Nikki Lags talking about TA. Wow, TA, man, Juan Pierre, are we talking about? Ooh. Oh boy. Oh TA, no, I, you know what? With TA, he was hurt. It was clear his hand. He had a hand injury. It just came out today too that Jose Ramirez had a hand injury, and he had a really bad production second half of the year. I mean, that kills you as a baseball player. You can't have a hand injury. Before that, he was an all-star. So I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was a stud in the first half. And I am I think TA is going to come back next year. He's got to be a leader. He's got to be a leader on the team. He just has to be. It felt a little bit to me like he gave up on the team after he got hurt. And maybe that was just because it's hard for him to be around. You know, I mean, you get hurt and you rehab at home or whatever the case may be, but it just, you want him to be the leader, and I, I think we need that desperately next year. I'll give him a B, and I think it was a lot to do with the injury that held him back this year. No, I think it's common for guys once they get hurt to kind of take a step back. Uh, Mush, we'll give you the second grade on TA. Yeah, bounce off what Lag said. You know, I feel like Tim Anderson, with all the personalities in that dugout, um, he came out of the gates really hot, and he came out of the gates almost too fast, where he was trying to be the guy, and, and I think he he's already won the fans over to be to be the White Sox captain, the, the leader, the face of the clubhouse. But he just doesn't know how to lay off the gas, and I think that that gets runs him in injury issues. Um, that personality, he's just gotta he he's gotta take a step uh, next year in, in the mature mature level to get to that uh, to get to that A. I think he's really got to learn to keep his composure, but I'll give him a B right now. All right, last guy we're going to talk, we're only going to give two grades to is Luis Robert. Jack Tui starts off with Luis Robert. Schwabi, I want to hear your grade first. I'm going to give, uh, so Luis is hard. I'm going to kind of kind of steal what we did. Uh, I think in the midseason, I probably gave him like a B. I think I almost want to give the man an incomplete on the second half. I thought he struggled, but I also felt like he was hurt for so much of it. And, you know, credit to Luis for being a guy who is willing to go out there and compete and try to, you know, help defensively. It was obviously a big hole. Um, and also shame on Tony for putting him out there when he clearly was not in a position uh, to play. I mean, the man was swinging a bat with one hand for a large portion of that second half. And I think that was because so I think his second half, second half production is probably a D. Uh, first half, I gave him, I, would, I think, I believe, I believe I gave him a B. I'm going to give him a C- minus for total year production with the caveat that I think a large portion of that or, or a portion of that, not a large, but a portion of that is on Tony um, who should have protected him and not let him on the field. Look, I'm going to give him a, a straight-up D. Uh, I, I honestly enjoyed the fact that he wanted to be out there at the end of the year but he probably played 20 games where he was swinging the bat with one hand. That's unacceptable. You cannot. It's unacceptable on him and it's unacceptable on the manager's part. If you're swinging the the bat with one hand, you cannot tell your manager that you can, you should be out there playing. And maybe at that point they thought having him in the outfield was better than whatever their other option was. But I mean, that was pathetic. 
I'm going to look at like 80 games. He played 98. I'm going to look at 80. He still only hit 12 home runs. He didn't slug above 450. He didn't steal any bases. He didn't even play that great a defense for a guy that can cover as much ground as he does. And I've never seen someone that doesn't hustle as much (laughs) as this fucking guy. That's facts facts right there. He, it's like I would see on his Instagram stories, he's posting clips of doubles off the wall, and he's standing in the batter's box like it went 500 fucking feet. What about Yo? What about Yoan? Same fucking thing, though. He doesn't hustle either. <laughs> Dude, it's like these guys don't want it. I And I don't get yeah. it. Like, the training staff told him not to hustle, though, JT. Maybe maybe it is the front office. But you know what? I'm putting it on him <laughs> because it's, it's, just, it's it, an absolute. It's Elder, you're, you're a high school football coach. I, I'm sh- you go, you tell a kid that he can't. It, all right, I'll rephrase this. If. I had a coach tell me to not try to take an extra base or, you know, not try to do something cheeky. You know what I would do? I would take two bases. And I would do do something cheeky like three or four times during the game. I, I played the game hard, and that's how I like seeing the, the game played. Honestly, watching the Indians, as much as I fucking hated their guts this year, I like that brand of baseball. Yeah. Get the no, guy on, sure. get him over, get him in, pitch well, run the bases well, play defense. We don't do any of that. And I, at some point, it's just an effort thing. So I'm giving no, Luis, I'm giving Luis a, a D. And I have a feeling that next year I'm going to be sitting here at this time and I'm going to be giving him an A. A real quick aside on that, you know, after the Guardians, I think, won the, the play-in series, you know, they had some thing on Twitter where they're like, you know, for some of you who haven't seen us, this is our brand of baseball, blah, 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 blah. My favorite quote retreat was, the Guardians have, every game the Guardians have won in the playoffs so far, they've hit more home runs. So huh. calm down with your, yeah. you play a better brand of baseball. Baseball still comes down to hit the ball in the park. Um, we are down to our last four guys. We will give everyone a grade on these last four. We're going to start it off with Mush. Mush, Elvis Andrews. Elvis reminds me of, of an old friend of mine that played for the White Sox. Spent a lot of time with Philly. Uh, Jimmy Rollins, number 11, J-Roll. Um, ROI J-Roll. candidate. Uh, <laughs> Elvis Andrews is... <laughs> <laughs> Elvis Andrews. He's got, he's got the spirit animal from Coco right now. <laughs> he's literally the spirit animal. He's the, he's the no, in all honesty, he's the like, flying tiger. Elvis, Elvis Andrews. For all those that are listening, Mush has a pink panther face on, basically. It's rainbow panther face. Um, I would give Elvis Andrews an A because I, I think a change of scenery really brought out the best of him. Um, I think he's he's exactly what the White Sox needed. It's too bad that that transaction didn't happen earlier in the year. Uh, the guy's fun to watch, and honestly, I hope you offer him a one-year deal and bring him back. So I, I, I'm going to give him uh, ping-pong and back and forth between an A and a B. 
I'm gonna go with A minus. Okay, Elvis yeah, Andrews. I'll, I'll kind of agree with you on a lot of that mush. I'll give him an A minus as well. Um, you know, short sample size for what we got out of Elvis, but the little bit we had of him, he did great. Tui, you got your hands up. What's up? Why the hell are you giving him an A minus? Are we judging on like the games he played with the White Sox? Me? Yeah. Yes. I'm giving him an A minus because I think that he he exceeded expectations and he brought in the resurgence and he's fun to watch. He he carried the White Sox through a lot of games. <laughs> Dude, he was on he he his pace that he was on when he was with the White Sox was he was going to hit like 45 home runs. The guy had the so best Tui's- 60. The guy had the best sixty game stretch of his entire are you, so career. So are you agreeing with me because you disagreeing because you think no? He's an A plus. Okay, right. A minus is Tui, a Tui A minus is a slap in the face to Elvis. Ah. Even one A gave Cueto an A, and now he's mad that we're not going to three A's. No, I gave Cueto an A. I gave Cease an A plus. No, I gave Cueto an A plus. There's three guys sure on this team that deserve an A plus. It's Cueto, Andrews, and um. Cease. All right, so we're giving Elvis an A, and we're going to move ahead. All right, we got Andy Vaughn up next. Jack Tui, talking about Andy Vaughn. All right, so we've talked about this on prior podcasts. And White Sox Twitter just gets me so fired up on this topic because I'm still, today, seeing proposed trades for Andrew Vaughn. And people saying... We need to bring Jose back. We like we we don't even have an option. We got to bring Jose back. Jose Abreu is about to turn thirty-seven years old. Andrew Vaughn just turned twenty-five. I think he was twenty-four point seven years old over the course of this year. Like that's the last I saw. He's not even like twenty-five or twenty-six years old. And the guy led the team in home runs. And he's a First baseman. And he played the outfield all year. I mean, this is this is a golden spikes winner in college at Cal. Do you know guy the guys that have won the Golden Spikes Award include Chris Bryant, Adley Rushman, um, Bryce Spencer Torkelson. Spence Okay, well, that's not a, that's <laughs> not a great that's not a great comp. But I mean, you don't win the Golden Spikes Award if you're a if you're a chump. He point. had to he he spent all of his time focusing on defense this year. And when he did spend time on offense, when he got in the box, his legs were exhausted. It's like telling David Ortiz to play right or left field early in his career or Paul Knurko. <laughs> yeah. Would you ever comparison. look back on Paul Knurko's career and say, Oh, he should have played left field or right field because that's what the team needed when he was young. Just because he's 25 he years early. old doesn't mean he's an he he's like spry and fast and you know has an incredible endurance. Like the guy is a first baseman through and through, and he showed that he's got all the hit tools. The guy's gonna be a gold glove first baseman and an all-star for years to come. Andrew Vaughn, for me, gets a B, and that's only because he was played out of position all year. No, I'll agree with you, Tui. I think he's a B player. Um, you know, I made the—I think I made the call in the first podcast that he's his floor is Andrew Vaughn, or as his floor is Paul Canerco. Paul and Lagatuga wanted to fight me at that point in time. 
Um, Thirty, <laughs> and then everything we've seen since is has been JT posting the comparisons of Canerco and Andrew Vaughn early in their career, and it's been pretty identical. Um, you know, I I agree. I think I'm looking forward to seeing Andrew Vaughn not having to run around chasing fly balls in the outfield, being able to focus on hitting. And if that power goes up to where I think we all hope it can be and think it can be, I think he's an A player next year. All right, let's all right, do, we got let's, two left. Hold on, before we move on from Andrew Vaughn, because we've spent a lot of time on him this year, so I want to give him the the benefit of doubt at the end of the year. Let's let's compare Paul Konerko to Andrew Vaughn in their age twenty four seasons. So. Schwabi, you pull up Andrew Vaughn. I'll pull up Paul Konerko. Age twenty four season. Is is Vaughn only twenty four? This year he was. Yeah, he's twenty four years old. I would have thought. Yeah, I I thought Vaughn was older than twenty four. I guess. All right, I I think a good a good thing to start with is this is Andrew Vaughn's twenty four year old season. He had one hundred twenty seven games coming into this at the major league level. Yeah. With 469 plate appearances. How many, many how many, many plate appearances do you have in the this? minors? Uh, uh, Tui, why are you making this more difficult on me? Uh, he 400, had 400. one year in the minors, basically. Yeah. And like nothing. He had nothing in the minors. Paul, yeah, it's, Paul it's, it's Canerco by... Prior to this year. Paul Canerco, by comparison, had... One, two, three, four. He had over fifteen hundred, over almost two thousand plate appearances in at the minor league level. And Andrew Vaughn had two hundred and forty-five. Oh, so ten percent. So age twenty-four season. How many home runs did Vaughn hit? Seventeen. Seventeen. Canerco at twenty-one. RBIs. Seventy-six. Canerco at 97. Uh, slugging. He slugged 429. Canerco slugged 480. OPS. 750 OPS. That's okay. nice. Canerco at 844. So, Canerco was... This, this is oh, oh, was good. Age 24 season. It's his second full season in the major leagues. What you also have to remember is that 2000 White Sox team, I believe, made the playoffs. So that was that wasn't a bad team like this year's team. That was a good team. Yeah. And well, he's playing his real position. That, how, I think that's big. How many games did Kinerka play that year, Tui? 143. 134 for Vaughn this year. All at I'm first base. So he played Kinerka nine was. less games and Pauly. Paul Canerco played them all at first base, and Vaughn played the vast majority of them in the outfield. I mean, come on. So we can move on now, but I just want to make it abundantly clear that Andrew Vaughn is going to be a big part of the future of the Chicago White Sox. Did he have a great year? No. Did he do everything we could have asked him and still perform? Yes. Vaughn played 84 games in the outfield, starting 79. Uh, 29 at DH, 23 appearances at first base, 22 starts at first base. What did he? That's actually what did he hit when he? First base. What did he hit? Do, can you see the stats? His I cannot his... see what he hit by position. Okay, uh, it's a little 
Oh, hold on, maybe. Give me one second. But I, I would have thought it would have been lower than 22. Yeah, Same unfortunately, here. I don't think I can pull that off for you, Tui. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving on because we got This has been a long, a, a long report card here. All Ooh, right, we got next? we got two guys left. Lags during starters off. Eloy Jimenez. All right, Eloy. I'm gonna give him a B plus. He uh, the injury. Uh, we finally figured it out with Eloy. He's gonna DH. Thank God, because. Why did we have to figure every that time out? every interview he was gonna say he was saying how he's gonna play left field and the front office finally smartened up and said no you're the DH and he finally figured out how to hit. Why did, as hold the on, DH. but why so, did we have to figure that out? Like we should have known that. Everybody knows that he's not an outfield. Well, player. in case you haven't noticed, the the White Sox front office isn't exactly the most savvy. <laughs> In the MLB, so it 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 takes a little longer than normal for for things that seem to be common sense to happen, and it finally did. So we should be grateful that it did happen. Wait, why did so it he's going to be the full time DH next year? What? Why did it finally happen? Well, Injury. Did someone different take over at manager? I, I no, think that's, that's good. what that, that I think. Eloy started two games in left field when Cairo was manager. Two. The sad part about about it all is Aloy got hurt from running to first this year, so hopefully he could avoid injury next year. At least year. he made but it. I'm like Grandel. He needs to he needs to play 150 games next year and 150 at the DH position. B plus. You know, yeah, no, I agree with you, Nikki. I think he's a B plus. Um, couple positives from this year with the with Aloy was he, you know, some guys struggle at the DH and they can't, you know, they'll take that. O for one, and they'll take they'll just keep that on them, and they'll wear it, and they just get in their own heads, and they need that feel. They need to go out on the field to like get rid of yeah. that. Lloyd proved that's not the case. He was able to be a DH and be a full time DH and produce. Um, haven't looked at his advanced metrics. We did a Schwabi metrics earlier in the year about Eloy's ground ball percentage. Clearly, must have you know at least I'm going to assume he turned that around because guy was hitting the ball with authority, hitting for extra bases. Um, you know, and re- really seem to begin the ball up in the air again, which is huge for his uh, his profile going forward. So I think we have a B plus for Eloy. Our last guy is Jose Abreu. Uh, I thought it was fitting to have Jose close this one for us. Sounds like it's been his, he's been played his last game for the White Sox. Um, so we're gonna let a, we're gonna let Jose be the last player we talk about. Dave, why don't you start me off with your thoughts on Jose Abreu? Um, I will give uh, Jose Abreu an F. Um, his leadership, <laughs> his leadership sucks. What are you, oh, dude? This is supposed to be an ode to Jose Abreu. <laughs> and can I get some of it? Okay. And anyways, an F. Um, <laughs> I also think that his attitude sucks, and I'm not just giving them an F because I feel like, you know, his performance was bad. In general, I think I just gave him enough because I think the whole fucking display, everything that he brought to the clubhouse into that organization, this was it was just disgusting to watch. You know, <laughs> he needed to stand up and be that leader. And everybody ate Tony Larusa alive, um, and I'm just disappointed, man. I I don't want to see him in a white sex uniform next year. So you wanted you All wanted right. Jose After to be that, a player manager? No. You wanted Jose to be the player manager, no. he, so he's taking he he gets 
all the bad credit for the team being trash this year? Yeah, pretty much. I want Juan Uribe to be the manager next year. Yeah, why you? Oh, I know someone's going to be in Are favor you? of Juan Uribe. <laughs> Tui, we'll let you go as the second one to grade Jose Abreu. Okay, I, I so I think we should take a second to recognize the career that Jose Abreu has had on the south side. I mean, the guy comes over as a 27-year-old from Cuba. One of the first, I mean, I don't know how many Cuban players played in the major leagues before him, but not very many. And you know what? For eight, nine years, he was the epitome of, what a major leaguer should be approaches the game the right way plays hard plays every day is tough you know does the small things works hard great clubhouse guy I mean he he did it all for the White Sox and he he brought some sunlight to some really dark days that we had as Sox fans and I think that leads into a lot of the the discourse on White Sox Twitter or even around the league nationally about Jose Abreu and next year and the Sox bringing him back is because it's like, what are the Sox without Jose Abreu? We haven't, he's, he's been a cornerstone for nine years and he's always produced. I'm going to give, so with that said, and you know, highlighting the fact that Jose Abreu is going to always be one of the guys I remember for the rest of my life as a White Sox and, you know, how many good memories he's brought this team, this fan base, this city. I mean, that that grand slam at Wrigley, it, it's one of the best moments of my life. Like, getting... <laughs> The, the Cubs were great that year. The Sox were trash. We, were re- we had just started the rebuild. And he hit like four four or five home runs in a three-game set at Wrigley. He was just on fire. And that is something that I'll never forget. So I want to give a big thank you to Jose Abreu for giving so much to the, the south side of Chicago and to White Sox fans. Like he deserves nothing but the best, and I wish him all the all the best luck going forward. With that said, the guy turns thirty seven years old soon. You saw it this year. He did an unbelievable job of adapting to getting older and changing his approach at the at the plate. Which I honestly, he I mean he for the last nine years we've seen him be a free swinging you know, guy that was trying to hit for power, trying to drive in runs. And he did that consistently without question. This year, you saw the power drop. You saw the on-base grow up or go up. He, he deliberately changed his approach this year because he realized he no longer can get around on some of the pitches he used to hit out of the ballpark. He doesn't have the same power as he did three years ago. Jose Abreu took a big step back this year, even though you didn't really see it in his stats because he did a such such a good job at changing his approach at the plate. But I can't have a guy 
that I'm paying $14 million, $15 million to at the first base position hit 15 or 16 home runs. It it just can't happen. And everyone's going to say, oh, well, Andrew Vaughn only hit 17. Yeah, well, guess what? The guy fucking played the outfield all year. So one of the things the White Sox ironically have done well is have a first baseman that has been an all-star for basically the last 30 years. You go from Frank Thomas in the late 80s to Paul Konerko in the 2000s to Jose Abreu in the in the mid 2010s and now you're about to start Andrew Vaughn in the in the mid 2020s. I mean, that's a position we've always been able to somehow continually bring good talent into and I love Jose. I'm going to give him a a B minus this year. Just because he he didn't bring the power and he didn't drive in runs like years past. I think if everyone else has a good year, he'd be getting a much different grade because I think some of the power deficiencies would have been overlooked if other people had performed. And that's what's sad to me is his last year in a White Sox uniform, he was supposed to leave this, this team with a World Series, and he didn't, not only because of the front office, because of the people on this team. And I'll leave it. There. All right. If, if, if there's an F from Mush, we get a B minus from Tui. Uh, quite the swing of grades. Lags for the third grade. We'll go to you. Um, Jose, he. I'll give him a B. I think. I think you gotta let him walk after this year. He he definitely changed his approach. But the last fifty games, I think he had one home run, and that that's just not gonna do it for me. I love everything that Jose did for the White Sox. He was the leader on the team. He absolutely hates losing. He just couldn't get the other players on board. It was kind of sad to see. I don't know if that is a reflection of his leadership or what it or what it says, but um I think it's I think it's a B for Jose and I think it's goodbye at this point. I just better not see him on the north side of town. Swabby. Yeah, I'd give Jose a B minus is uh, kind of what Tui did. Um, you know, he's been a guy who's been the been the heart and soul of the team for a long time, been kind of the main attraction. Um, you know, had the rookie of the year, rookie of the year, his first year, and finished in the top, I think three or four in MVP MVP votes at that point. Won the MVP in the COVID season. Uh, Career wise, you know, he's going to be one of the great Sox. And this year, he was solid, right? I think it's Tui referenced. Had to change his approach. Uh, power wasn't there. Became more of an on-base percentage guy. I think the RBIs would have been there had the top of the order produced as they had previously. Um, so I think the RBI numbers are down a little bit. Says more about the team than himself. But the power definitely went down. Uh, another guy, though, who, you know, we talk about the, the Sox defensive deficiencies so often. And Jose was a guy who, for a large part of his career, was deficient in the field. That's he true. really turned that around the last few years. And even this year, he was still a pretty solid defender and one of the better throwers at first base um, in baseball. Um, you know, hate to see him leave. Uh, looking forward to seeing the Andrew Vaughn error start at first base. Going to miss Jose terribly. Uh, wish we could have sent him out better. My 
biggest, my only thing I will say as far as Jose goes, if Jose calls and says, listen, I'm uh Cubs offered me a deal. They're my best deal. I want to call you guys though, give you one last chance to uh to meet it. If I'm the Sox and my op my options are Jose going to the Cubs or me paying him a little bit more than I wanted, more than I expected. I'm giving him that money. I don't want to see him in the, I don't want him to see on the north side. Absolutely cannot um, end up on the north side. But no, I give him B minus and that will finish our player grades uh for this season. Quickly there was nothing more beautiful than seeing a Jose Abreu started three six three double play. Oh yeah, dude. He, I mean this this is his last game. We seen him play his last game as a White Sox, With and TBD. it's it's crazy. It's it's sad to be honest. All right, real quick. I don't want explanations. I don't want thoughts. I just want letter grades. Jack Tui, we're going to go around the horn, starting with you. Jerry Reinsdorf, great. Half. Mush. Uh, D for David. <laughs> Legs. F. I give him an F as well. Legs, we'll start with Tony. you. We'll give you a, the whole season. We'll give you a one-sentence review here, Nicholas. Rick Hahn, one sentence and a grade. F. Go back to college and take accounting 101. <laughs> Tui, same Tui, same deal. Yahtzee. I'll give you one sentence and a grade on Rick. I'll give him a D. Misallocation of funds. Mush. <laughs> give him a, a D for delusional. <laughs> I thought you were going to go for it. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll give Rick a D as well. Uh, the thing that saves it from that for me is just I question how much of a decision maker he really is in the final decisions. I think it's still a lot of that, a lot of that is still Kenny, a lot of that is still Jerry, and a lot of it is our final guy we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, Nicholas Legatuda, you got like a minute. Talk to me and grade me about Tony Alarusa. I don't need a minute. Tony gets an F, and I'm just going to say you caused me two years of pain. All right, Mush, same deal. You get a grade and you get a minute of airtime on Tony. Go. Um, A minute or a sentence? (laughs) A minute. You get a minute on Tony. If I got to listen to Mush talk for another minute, I might might have to leave. I'm going to tell. Well, take (laughs) take a quick walk. Mush, go. I'm going to tell Tony to take a long walk off a short bridge. (laughs) Deal. I'm not going to argue with you there. What's the grade, Dave? C minus. Not not a D for David. Disappointing. <laughs> Tui, great for uh, great for Tony. You got a minute. I mean, he gets enough. Talk about sucking all the energy out of a team, out of a fan base, and out of a city. Ooh. Fuck, he completed the trifecta this year, and it's a goddamn shame because he will go down as one of the best managers of all time, and. It's it's really sad that him and Jerry had this old drunk idea where he was going to come back and he was going to bring a World Series to the South Side because it should have never happened in the first place. And we're talking about it two years later, and it's an absolute bigger dumpster fire than than I could have ever imagined. 
<laughs> Tony's lucky I'm drinking wine in that room tonight. Let's just leave it at that. This no, guy, I, he, he managed the worst year in the history of Major League Baseball. So, call it what you want to call it. He might go down as one of the best ever. In my eyes, he's going down as one of the worst ever. No, I, he's definitely an F. The amount of blunders he made in the two in his two years here uh, are, are astounding. Um... You know, you saw the difference between Miguel Cairo, who, again, I don't think is any great shakes as a manager, but just has a base level of competency that Tony did not have. Um, whether he wants to blame it to old age, blame it to Tony being Tony, whatever the case is, it's been an absolute shame to see what he's done to this team the last two years. Um, and I am very thankful that we've already made it official. I, don't, I didn't want to sit there and wait and be having these episodes, and it was... Well, will he, will he or won't he? Will Jerry bring him back to fill, you know, to finish his three-year contract? Uh, you know, goodbye, good riddance, and uh, <laughs> I hope I never see you again, Tony. <laughs> F. Enjoy your retirement, Tony. Well done, Schwabi. We did the report cards. <laughs> We're gonna do a show for the winter meetings. We'll talk about the outlook for next year, and then we'll kick it off, I think, probably end of March, early April. Maybe, you know, one of these days, maybe not next year, but we'll do a trip to um, Scottsdale for the Cactus League. We could do an episode I, down I there went this year. I went this past year. It was a blast. I mean, th- that's my dream. I would, I, I would love nothing more than to all of us go down for an episode for spring training that would be an absolute blast gentlemen i had this was the best man I, how awesome i think 17 18 episodes talking white Sox baseball and we're gonna hit it harder thanks next year it, thanks for putting it thank together, you legs. thanks boys for uh for hey, spending the time thanks for thanks for letting me to come on let me come on you guys are a blast to talk to and and then keeping you on yeah Let me on and then keeping me on. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. Well, it's been fun. We'll catch you next time. We'll we'll see you. Maybe it's an emergency podcast. Maybe it's the winter meetings. But thanks, boys. See See ya.